0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him, he's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm
1: afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. <sighs>
0: Subversive Cinema. Welcome back to another episode of Subversive Cinema. And <laughs> this time, uh, we're going with a, uh, a new guest who brought along a film that I actually had never heard of. And I'm kind of sorry I did. Today, we are doing 1991's Tour de Force. It is the stardom vehicle for none other than vanilla fucking ice. It's directed by David Kellogg. If you don't know him, that's probably with good reason. He directed Inspector Gadget, also uh, made-for-TV softcore called Lusty Liaisons, Part 2. And he also directed a litany of commercials and music videos. And it was written by David Sten, who did a a lot of TV writing and um, a couple movies that nobody's ever heard of. But he uh, apparently got better in his older years because he ended up working on L Word and Boardwalk Empire. So... To talk about this movie today, the guy who introduced it to me is my old friend, new guest, Ben. How are you? I'm great. How are you, buddy? Oh, fantastic. This, uh... You were a lot better before I showed you this damn movie. Yeah, so, uh, (laughs) you know, typically I would ask my guests, had they ever heard of the film and are they glad I made them watch it? So I'm gonna ask that question for you to me. So, uh, had I ever heard of it? No. Am I glad you made me watch it? No, but yet I'm here and I survived, and we're going to get into that. So (laughs) what is it that we do here at Subversive Cinema? Well, we talk about the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinematic history, and we do that by looking at the story and the characters and the the what-the-fuck factor to figure out what is it subversive sauce, what makes it that particular spice and tang that kind of sets these movies apart and despite my reservations and hesitations about this film it's most certainly deserves to be on this show and you will see why as we get into it so before <laughs> we uh, run into all the uh, the fun little details about the story and I break it down for everybody how did you find out about this I'm guessing you saw it as a kid because you had the VHS you held it up so well when I was younger I actually was
1: not a fan of vanilla ice. To believe it or not, Art, I was kind of sheltered. And somebody once said to me in fifth grade, Benny, do you like vanilla ice? And I said, I don't know. I've never tried it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like
1: I thought it was some kind of flavored ice. Now, mind you, there is such a thing as flavored ice, but I didn't know that existed back then. Yes. So time went on and I always heard people making pot shots about Vanilla Ice, like blah, 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 Vanilla Ice, like screw you Vanilla Ice. And as I got older, I remembered, I I watched the behind the music on him and they showed that he was in the Ninja Turtles movie, The Secret of the Ooze. And then they said he went on to star in his own movie. I'm like, oh, he did? I didn't know about that. So I decided to go on eBay and I bought a copy on VHS and the VHS included a Free copy of his album to the extreme and a, bucket, <laughs> a bag of popcorn
0: <laughs> wow they really yep. really really wanted people to buy this movie
1: exactly so that's how i saw it on oh, vhs in the year 1997 when that show had just become popular on vh1
0: okay a story to history for a storied movie so what is cool as ice well it's a story about forbidden romance casual breaking and entering random dancing and Dutch angles. So, Ben and I, we're gonna go ahead and pull on our patchwork pants and our overly embroidered jackets and revisit this abomination of a cinematic vehicle that was meant to launch Vanilla Ice in the stardom, and luckily for us, that didn't happen. It was directed, as I said, by David Kellogg, known for Inspector Gadget, Lusty Liaisons 2, and written by David Sten, who is known for a Girl 27, and she was marked for murder the washington post called the film a cross between an after-school special and an mtv video while tv guide said the film's premise is utterly insupportable and kellogg's direction renders the choices flat so my question is did they watch the same movies i did because even though these are low on the metacritic they are kind of nice i thought this movie was a dumpster fire of epic proportions and i will fucking die on that hill absolutely So what is this? It tells a story that the tag, the tagline on IMDb does pretty well, a rapper gets stuck in a small town and falls for a local girl whose family is in witness protection. Now that gives away so much more information than this movie does. It takes a long fucking time for you to figure out anything that's happening in this thing. So we have it has Johnny, who is played by Vanilla Ice, AKA Rob Van Winkle, and Kathy, who is the local girl, played by Kristen Minter, and he just rolls in the town after the music video introduction of the film, and one of his buddies' bikes totally shits the bed, so they take it to some random fucking house, because that's what you do! And this goofy-ass old man and his woman, they say, Oh, we can fix your bike, and here, sit in our cartoonishly strange house and eat weird food, and." It's like a fun house of nightmares. And then, you know, Johnny fucks off and goes across the street and ends up meeting Kathy and her boyfriend Nick. And he injects himself into their lives. And it just is. It just. The, it sort of meanders from there where he essentially cuckolds Nick at a club publicly by grinding and dancing on Kathy and. It's a weird fucking movie and the dad's in witness protection because he was a cop who, who turned on other cops and all this other nonsense. Doesn't make any sense. The biggest problem I had from the get, before we get into the characters, is the fact that you don't get to learn anything about the characters for almost 20 minutes. Like, you get no development of who they are, and the only thing you get to see is that Johnny, who is our hero, is a complete asshole. He purposely scares a horse that Kathy's on, so she gets thrown. I mean, come on now, we lost Christopher Reeve because of this. You know, it's like, you don't just fuck around scaring a horse. And then he comes up with the worst pickup lines, and he's just, just, I don't know. It's toxic masculinity on full display. It did not age well for being a 30-plus-year-old movie. But let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. So, characters. Ben, I throw the baton to you. What character or characters stood out to you and why? Well, definitely
1: Kat stood out to me. I think she really carried this movie. Her acting was well delivered, in my opinion. I believe that she had chemistry for vanilla ice. And I feel like her range of emotions really was compelling for me to watch. I felt like I was I was with her on this journey from, you know, a guy who completely crossed the line and made her fall off a horse to stealing her stuff and then and then being, you know and breaking into her house but then taking her on a nice ride and winning her over and then saving her brother's life later on so i was with her as she came to realize that this man actually has a heart and um i think that uh she really nailed it
0: well it's it's a it's a long way for her to go from such humble beginnings such as this
1: yeah 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 what the hell is that don't ask me. so what's up how you doing? Fine. And the horse? Since when do you care? Wait a minute, you two know each other? No. Oh yeah. Well, oh, which is it, Kathy? Kathy. Mm-hmm. Cat. God. Notice how Vanel Ice just focuses on his scene partner in that, like he just allows himself to fall in love with her. Is that what you're calling it? Yes, absolutely. Oh my watch god! Watch it again if you don't believe me. He really focused on her.
0: He was. Just I think intent- all he's all he's doing there's zero acting involved. He's just looking. She's an attractive woman. And he's just like I'm gonna. I want to fuck you, and I'm gonna try to fuck you off camera. I mean, look, Vanilla Ice's acting is fucking awful in this movie. I'll say this: I feel that they shot this in in chronological order because it gets slightly better as the movie goes on but from the very beginning it is just it's cringeworthy to me and it's just like i mean this does not age well because of just the way he talks
1: well yeah the way he presents himself it's so yeah
0: the dialogue is very 1991 (laughs) so here's the other problem is it's 1991 but that means they probably shot this in 1990 and and i have to say that now you and i have differing opinions about a certain era of of time. And I feel that the cusp of the 80s to the 90s is sort of like the asshole of our timeline in the sense that it was a period where people forgot that the 80s are over and they don't know what to do with themselves. So it's this weird hodgepodge of bad style, weird, weird behavior.
1: Here's a question for you. Yeah. Is 1990 the end of the 80s or the beginning of the 90s?
0: You know, it's a dimmer switch. There is no suddenly a chance. It's like 89 was kind of okay. And then it suddenly got a little weird. And then 90 was just fuck off. Nobody knew what to do. And then 91 was sort of a bit of a weird time. And I think 92, it started to like become the 90s. Uh, But at least that's how it was when I watched Golden Girls. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. (laughs) So I have to say... In terms of characters, (laughs) one that, other than obviously the bickering uh, couple, such as uh, these old folks here. (laughs) He really is a genius. Where's my bike? So,
1: how long are you guys staying? Yo, where's my bike? Staying?
0: You know you're welcome to stay as long as you want. Where's my bike at? Listen, what's the matter with you? It's right here, right before your eyes. Don't you see it? That's his bike. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, uh, I guess I'm going to talk about the old Talk people.
1: about it. chop shop, huh art? <laughs> Seriously.
0: <laughs> but that one scene highlighted something that, now it's just a personal irk for me when it comes to movies, unless it is a a markedly a kid's movie. Which, considering the themes and what's happening, I don't consider this to be a kid's movie. I consider it that they just didn't have enough language or sexuality to push it over into a PG-13. But it's when they use unmotivated exterior world sound effects like boings and record scratches and random little drops and and,
1: my fair lady riffs (laughs) yeah
0: all that sort of and that was one that happened there let's look down pan down to see this bike in a in a bunch of pieces albeit very neatly and ocd like organized so it's like all the pieces are there but then you hear that little spring coil pop like and it's uh yeah honestly
1: man i feel like about this movie the the first half hour i'm sort of waiting in line and then the last hour, I'm on the ride.
0: You feel me? Yes, but when you're talking about a movie that's 90 minutes, and at best, it's, okay, let's say it's it's actually more like 85 minutes, because the ending doesn't count. Like, there's a music number at the end, and there's a music number at the beginning. The movie's about 80 minutes, 75 minutes long. And if you have to wait 30 minutes to get to like, oh, here's the plot, welcome everybody. It's what were you doing with the beginning? It wasn't character development. But the other two guys I wanted to talk about are... Uh, <laughs> one of them is an actor who I've admired for a while. <laughs> and it's Jack McGee. He was on Rescue Me in a bunch of films. And he played one of the, the crooked cops who is chasing after them. And as I watch him in this movie... He's doing it for the money. That's what it is. I, I like. He's just there, and he's like, you know what? I don't have to turn it up to a full ten. I'm just gonna turn it up to a six or a, or a seven, and that'll still pass. I mean, but his partner though is such a fucking douchebag and just so annoying to watch. But let, which let's... one are you referring to? So Jack McGee is the shorter guy.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Uh, with the the hair. The other one's the bald dude. So. R.C. All right, Found man. it. Oh, you
1: found
0: it. Hmm. you know the name of this place? Yep. I'm sure of it. got an apple to get there, man. I'm starving. I'm get me some hot wings. I'm gonna get some french fries. I'm gonna what get me What you got, me... a landfill there? So all you have
1: to do is think about eating. You think about anything Soft
0: else? i yeah, get me a lot of hamburgers. Say, you ever think that this would happen? Hmm? No. And now that it has, I want to make sure we get it done right, okay? So let's go, cowboy. Come on. Come on. Perfect example of misusing sounds again. Pulls the gun from his belt, and it's like popping a cork. Eh, eh, Whatever.
1: Hey, Art. If you watch that scene again, the last couple seconds, you can see the dolly tracks are reflected in the car. You can see (laughs) the dolly
0: tracks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see them right there. Yep.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's one more piece of character this movie oh, has yes. for us. Good for <laughs> the movie
0: magic right there. So, yeah, that's, uh, those are those are some characters I, I looked at. Any other characters that stood out to you? My best friend, Rob, shout out to you, buddy. I made him sit through this movie
1: with me. <laughs> I kind of made him. And um, he did say that Michael Gross's character was well-delivered. Michael Gross did a great monologue when he talks to his daughter. You know, the father oh, from yeah. family ties. That was good. So I'm
0: I doing that w- one. I will actually say that the one thing that this movie did that is always a, a tell for me that's problematic, and this happened with another movie that I adore, though it's absolute complete trash, and that's Garbage Bell Kids. Mm-hmm. There is seldom time where there isn't music. Music doesn't have to be used in every single frame of a film. And when they do, it makes me feel like they're doing it because they can't stand on whatever's happening in the scene. The only time that stood out to me where that didn't happen was when the father sat down to talk to the daughter. And that was the strongest scene in the whole movie. And then it made me realize something. The movie is not that bad when Vanilla Ice isn't on camera. (laughs) and it just that's happens exactly that he's on camera said. throughout most of the movie. So,
1: it's exactly what Rob said.
0: So that's that was a really good scene and it's because there was no music, it was just two actors talking to each other and that yeah. worked very well. So, but the thing is the first time I saw that, I said this okay,
1: this scene may be well delivered by the actor, but I don't really believe that this could happen like you're springing it on your daughter that 18 years of her life was in a witness protection program? I mean, this is the moment you tell her. Like, I don't know. I just didn't know. I mean, I guess his
0: back, ba- you know, his backs against the ropes. He's been seen, they're on their way. He's got to tell her, you know. So This is it. This is it. All right, so we got some characters. They're there. Let's talk about the story since you just mentioned it's uh <laughs> it's probable, it's it's improbability. So, the story overall, Ben, did it make sense to you? Yes, no, why, why not? The story made sense. That
1: part of it about the witness protection program, I kind of had a tough time swallowing that. I felt like it was, it was a, I mean, is this, is this, the movie's really going to go that direction? It's still possible to have some conflict without having to go that direction. But I, I, the plot about just the two, the the a teenage man, teenage woman falling in love, that made sense, and I was willing to buy that, you know, I, I bought it, and um, it was the whole thing sort of like a music video. It was some really good cinematic shots, like there were moments that I loved, like I love when they the Vanilla Ice and um, and uh, Kristen fought, like had an argument when they were on, they were walking, and he was on the bike, and when they played the song, like. I need someone to da, da 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 da. I was with that part, and they said like, if you don't get, if you don't go say goodbye to her, you're gonna regret the rest of your life. Look what's doing to you right now. And you'll be mm-hmm. true to yourself, man. <laughs> go say goodbye to her.
0: So, I tell you, yeah. you've, you, you, you. I've done it for plenty of movies myself, so I'm I'm not casting any stones, but I see you're you're really grasping at straws and trying to justify things, and I find that admirable. I'll talk about Uh, my comments on some of the things you mentioned, such as the (laughs) the music video look, when we get to the the what-the-fuck factor, because there's a lot about this that made me say what the fuck. So,
1: in answer to your question, I believe the story they're telling me.
0: Right. Now, here's the thing that I will do, that I will justify, I'll try to defend it. I'll try to defend the reasoning for doing such a heightened scenario as witness protection and being chased. It's because they were so completely and utterly off the mark on other possibilities that they had to have some conflict. Because here's the thing, the fact that this guy shows up and essentially nukes this young woman's life as she's got things going on, that's not enough because he's a fucking nobody like nobody know they don't establish him as being someone important or anybody that's recognized you might argue that the kid the little brother he's always in awe of seeing him but there's nothing narratively to say hey this guy is somebody so if they would have made the establishment that he is an up and coming rapper he's driving around with his crew doing some shows and he's you know recognizable enough and then he breaks down in this town okay then there's at least the conflict of fish-out-of-water scenario, small-town, rapper who's from the city, and he's got some cachet, and then it's that whole dynamic. When you take that out, okay, he's just some random schmuck who shows up, so that's a problem. Secondly, he's not likable from the beginning. Uh, There's, you know, the old saying for anybody, and I know you've heard this before, Ben, and you've probably read the book, uh, and for people who don't know, there's a a book about screenwriting called Save the Cat, cat. and, and Save the Cat, and... It's essential gist is you always have your heroes metaphorically or literally save the cat in the beginning to show that they are a good person, that this is who you root for. He doesn't save shit. Now, I'm not gonna count towing his buddy with a rope as saving the cat. That, no. He literally does nothing. In fact, his first act on screen is, as we said, to almost kill his future love interest. So, what they do to fix this, how do you make it when your lead isn't likable? Well, you make the villain, quote-unquote, the boyfriend, an even bigger dickhole. So then we introduce the domestic and psychological abuse that Nick puts on Kathy.
1: And, our, to piggyback on that, they make him do less asshole things as the movie progresses.
0: Yes, they chisel First, away he almost some killed of her. that. then yes. he
1: stole, then he broke in, but... Those going that direction is less and less bad. <laughs> That's true. They,
0: they. I feel like they revise it again, maybe because they did this in chronological order and they realized, man, we really fucked up before, but we only have a $6 million budget. Vanilla Ice is getting one-sixth of that. We have to save money for promotions and posts. Fuck, okay, let's just make him a better person as we go. So I think that they had to, they didn't have a lot in the bones of it to make it a character piece because... <laughs> poor Kathy poor Kristen Minter she's just doing the very goddamn best she can with what she's given you know I think the reason she wasn't in Home Alone 2 is because she was doing this movie uh that's right she was in Home Alone 1 and it uh she probably probably wishes she did Home Alone 2 (laughs) but at the same time she's a young woman and she got to make out with Vanilla Ice who he was an attractive young man if he kept his mouth shut so there you go that's, that's not so bad. Okay, you know what? Let's just get to the fun part. The, the story is honestly always oh, the part that's all right, the I, I'm
1: having fun. I'm having fun. Oh, I okay, know, okay. but I'm going to have
0: real fun now because this is where we get to talk about what the <laughs> fuck is going on with this movie because there are so many times I wrote down on my notes, what is this about? What is happening? Why are there so many strange white people? What is going on with this movie? I have a question. When they, When they kept on doing the dick
1: instead of Nick part. Did you think they're going to do this the whole fucking movie, aren't they? <laughs> uh, after the second or third
0: time, I, I think they only did it three times. I don't know if they did it a fourth or fifth, but like, I think they 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 managed to keep the count of it enough where there was the first time he misheard it, quote unquote, second time and then there was like, you know, the final entry is like, you know, you're right, He you are a dick, whatever. Mm. So my first what the fuck I want to point out is the fact that and I am thinking actually I did mention this to you in a text message offline before this So this director had zero feature experience before doing this movie and he made this movie a Couple commercials or music videos and then a softcore porn and then Disney or whomever decided their infinite wisdom to, to hire him to do Inspector Gadget and he never made another movie again He's been making commercials and music videos ever since so as Uh, I just mentioned there, and as that one review I highlighted in the beginning, people liken this to a music video, and honestly, that's how I felt. It felt as if the creators went and used MTV, like in all the worst parts of MTV, as a lookbook, and said, this is how we're going to do our story. I mean, it's almost like, and I can't blame the cinematographer, because he is a brilliant cinematographer. I might mispronounce this. Uh, He's Spielberg's longtime cinematographer, Janusz Kaminski. Uh, He did Schindler's List and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, he did Schindler's List two years after this movie. So, I mean, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. But I feel like there's also a lot about the visuals that I I have to give to the director. And it was almost like if they're trying to go for some sort of deep-rooted meaning that whenever there's Ice and his crew, it's Dutch-angled as all fuck. And that got really annoying because I started wondering, have they ever met a level at ever? Because it's like, there's so many scenes in this movie where the camera's just slightly tilted, and it's so incredibly distracting because it's unmotivated. It's just there for the look. There's music video sequences within a film, which, again, for this viewer, felt really distracting because... It's like this movie didn't know what it wanted to be. It tried to be a drama. It (laughs) tried to be a comedy. It tried to be a musical. It tried to be a a dance film. It tried to be so many things. And as you've heard me say ad nauseum, it was too much butter on the toast. So Mm. it was like, so the music video look did not sit well with me. So I say, what the fuck? But I think you enjoyed it, though. Well, when it comes to Minow Ice's crew,
1: they didn't really want to give them much screen time.
0: They didn't give know? them any personality at all no, other than the fact none. that one dude eats weird sandwiches. And that's and, it.
1: And, and the other girl was good for to be a shoulder to cry on for a couple seconds. That you was know? it. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess as far as supporting cast, like definitely supported. <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah um but I mean yeah I, I the the it was the cinematographer that really carried really rode the train on on the uh, with the oil, you know, and so it's like if you're just willing to just roll with it, you don't get as angry at the movie as you probably did
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, and art, yes. can we talk about that fight scene? I want to talk about that fight scene.
0: the one outside the bar.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Where suddenly Vanilla Ice is like a Krav Maga or <laughs> Muay Thai Master or some shit. Yes. He took out four people with,
1: and he was using Kempo Karate techniques. I know because I know some of those Kempo Karate techniques.
0: Well, it was very fortunate that, you know, the, the bad guys were polite enough to go only one at a time. I know, right? So that if That's good. That's good. Them. Yeah. Let's 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 see uh, what what does a, a vanilla ice ass whooping sound like? And then he finishes with the Nick Cage, <laughs> Con Air, palm to the face. Uh, did I guess Con, yeah, Con Air came out after this, so he doesn't know that he could have, you know, killed this man and gone to prison for it. Instead, he did break his nose, and yeah, he still somehow managed to evade an assault charge, but that's cool.
1: And there's a guy standing in the background literally with his arms folded just watching.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's just sitting there. You know what? I bet he's the location manager and he just didn't leave the fucking set.
1: Uh, Or he was the fight choreographer making sure it all went perfect.
0: That is the the most dopey-looking choreographer I've ever seen. It's wonderful.
1: And then when he shrugs it off, it goes like, ding,
0: ding, ding. Of course, it's got to have the sound effects. You have to. So uh, another one that is probably the most awkward and it, it it actually made me stop and rewind the movie just to make sure I saw what I saw it actually happens right after the scene and it's when she wakes up and this motherfucker is in bed with her and not only is he in bed with her he's just fed her a dripping ice cube all like nine and a half week style and she is perfectly fine with this in fact her response, this is her reaction to seeing a fucking guy in her bed. She's just graduated high school, mind you, so she's barely 18, and this is what she sounds like. With his shoes on the bed. Oh, God, yeah. What are you doing here? I mean, how?
1: No! How no! does? No! It... <laughs> no! Not no.
0: what are you doing here! What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> no, she's oh. so chill. And then they have this, this whole scene so weird. She's just running around in her underwear <laughs> and she's got his driver's license. She's prancing around, running away from him.
1: And well, they, yeah, they say his last name. His last name is, is Van Owen. Yes. Is similar to Rob's last name is Van Winkle. So that's right. You know, yeah, they... Little, little uh, nugget. <laughs>
0: <sighs> it's just, yeah, that was weird. That was so weird.
1: Do you think when uh, he went for the number twice and she pulled it away, you think that may have been impro- improvised?
0: It could have been, it could have been, because it felt like it went on just a little more than it was going to. But, this scene does lead into my favorite line in the whole fucking movie. I think I know what it is. It's worth the price of admission.
1: Whoa, you're back.
0: What's up, Slick?
1: Are you her new boyfriend? Tommy, get out of here. Is that your bike up front? Tommy. Yeah, you ever been on one? You will. Yeah? When?
0: Soon, kid, soon.
1: As soon as you're done making sex? (laughs) Tommy, get
0: out of here! That's not funny! Actually, it is. It's really goddamn funny. So, (laughs) yeah. Making sex. As soon as you're done making sex? Yeah. I I
1: thought the line you were going to say is your favorite is when she says, I'll see you later, and he says, you're seeing me now.
0: Oh. (laughs) It's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: You see me now. I gotta use that sometime. I gotta use that one.
0: That's gonna be funny. Yep, yep. And it's it's funny because uh, it's it's. I look at the kid. I didn't. He seemed familiar to me. Oh, and then I realized he was dude. in Sandlot. Sandlot,
1: yeah. Sandlot, yep. Little boy. Yeah.
0: There. But it's so funny because he clearly he took a big chunk of time off acting. Um, this is we're talking about Victor DiMatteo. And uh, it's funny. He he grew up to be a very very handsome man compared to this little nerdy dude here. But yeah, he took a break from acting from '95 to 2018, but uh-huh. he's he's back. But yeah, so it was it was kind of interesting to to see him here. Uh, but, yeah, so that was another another moment that I just could not believe.
1: <laughs> and then he goes outside and the sprinklers hit him. <laughs> it's like that's what happens when you break into houses, dude. Now <laughs> that
0: that sequence actually, it's funny you should mention that. I felt like when he went outside after that, and he got hit with the sprinklers, that felt so genuine to me. I wonder if he knew they were going to do that, or if he did know they just didn't say when they were going to, at what point in the this, in this sequence, like, walk from here to here. Because that was, I would say, that was, it was the most honest acting I'd seen him do in the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> and it was, it was great. You know, it was one of those, it's like, oh, look, a real, a real reaction. And, hey, look! I'm not expecting this guy to fucking be Marlon Brando. It's Vanilla Ice for Christ's sake. It's Rob <laughs> Van Winkle. You know, it's like he he did what he did when he did it, and he was you know trying his best. And, and it was right. what it was, but that worked. <laughs>
1: S- similar to that moment, remember when when Kathy's walking home from the sugar shack and the the street sprayer car goes oh, yeah. by it turns off the sprayer and then turns it back on and doesn't hit her.
0: I thought that was very, very kind. I did notice that. I was like, oh, that's nice. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it, <laughs> I feel like there's weird little, I don't know, moments like that that you could seemingly justify that they did it on purpose. I mean, clearly they said it on purpose, but did it have a deeper meaning than what was on the surface? Uh, yeah. So I'm going to call out all the random dancing is my next what the fuck. Literally, it's just like it's it's half the time the dancing is just used as a transition moment, yeah. And it's like always laughing,
1: is... like laughing. The TV show laughing.
0: <laughs> I man, you're really showing yourself on your age
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record shall reflect. I'm familiar.
0: <laughs> yes, the the record is duly reflected and noted. <laughs> it's man, this movie's so wow. It, it's something else. And then, of course, we we have our 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 wonderful break in, uh, s- not from Rob Van Winkle this time. It's the break in from the cops, uh, who th- take you know little uh, little Tommy. Well, hang on,
1: man. You jumped over when they were at the construction site, which is important. That banging is important to the storyline.
0: Oh yes, yes. I mean, so you know, they show up at a construction site, and you see one of these uh, these dirt flatteners, earth flatteners, whatever the fuck it is. It's just like compacting the earth and uh, it's banging and it plays a key role later. It's one of those things where, uh, I guess it's like the closest to Chekhovian, the reference you'll get, a Chekhovian soil pounder, so that you know that this is important.
1: Yeah, a (laughs) non-McGuffin.
0: Exactly. I want to go ahead and say something on her friends. I think her friends are terrible because Mm -hmm. they are clearly brainwashed by the the time in which they live where they think that such toxic behavior that comes from Nick is worthwhile that they, they dress her down in her time of need with this sort of shit. They
1: don't know if Nick will take you back. The least you could have done was go see him in the hospital. Call! I mean, who do you think you are anyway? Well, I still don't think it's too late. I mean, not if she's cool about it. Are you kidding? You think he'd forgive her after
0: humiliating him like that? No way.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh.
0: It's funny, though, because I am watching, you know, as I'm scrubbing through and look at this, like the scene that follows it is one of these, you know, shots of Ice driving this bike through the desert. And it's a good shot. So the cinematography, when I feel like it's adhering to what is typically expected, is pretty good. It's just that, Every once in a while, I feel again that der- the director went over and tapped him on the shoulder and said, Tilt it a little bit more. I want it to be like that video I just saw at, you know, on the Beavis and Butthead. You know,
1: it's. has got the rhythm of no breathing, moving, and
0: lay Oh my God. When they don't do that, it works. But uh, unfortunately, they do that a lot. So, uh, any other moments that stood out to you as. Uh, making you stop and say, hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Lots of them. Um, let's see. Well, when, uh, what, here's the thing. When, when they, when they, the guys broke in and kidnapped the boy, that was scary. That's legitimately scary. Legitimately <laughs> scary. Like, I was kind of worried watching that.
0: Well, you shouldn't be too worried. It's a PG movie. There's only so far it'll go.
1: Exactly.
0: What you should and be more concerned about is the sheer volume of goldfish that are in a tiny bowl. Yes, I would yes, actually all those goldfish. Say, where's PETA on this one? That That's too many goldfish, entirely too many for a small habitat. And then he, he broke in again and left the ring in the bowl. Yeah, just go ahead and drop that shit in with the fish. Why not? Be like, hey, fish, fuck you. Here's a ring. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to take it one step further. Instead
1: of just leaving the thing on the dresser, I put it in the water. Yeah. So there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I did enjoy again this is a little scene where you know Jack McGee gets to uh, you know ham it up a bit as um, as the bad cop Clark and S.A. Griffin as Morrissey when they come in and they see Tommy is home uh, look who we got here what are you doing here what do you want yeah. why aren't you a Little League huh what are you doing here boy Huh? we're friends of your father's son We've just come by from work to pick up some important papers. That's right, papers.
1: I don't know you. I'm calling the cops. You don't want to hey, do that, son. Dial nine
0: one one. Nine
1: one one. Stay back. <laughs> they keep records of these calls. I saw it on America's
0: Most Wanted. Yeah. Well, did you see the one that I was on? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was actually, that was that was kind of, yeah, that was good. That was good. I'll, I'll give Morrissey some credit on that one for uh, being um, a you real You know what's prequel. funny,
1: Art? When the movie gets dark, that's when Art Hall finally sits up in his chair.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know how I do. <laughs>
1: I do. I really, really do.
0: I'll also say, like, when it gets weird, that also intrigues me. There there's one moment early in the movie, it was about a third of the way through, that it was the Sugar Shack sequence. And it's before the dancing and all the the singing and the nonsense. But it's when Ice comes in and then they decide to suddenly make all of the background like residents of Pleasantville. So you (laughs) you have Kathy and her friends who are just dressed like normal people from the 90s. And then you have Ice and his crew who are dressed like a bunch of clowns because they got like the patchwork shit and all the embroidery and stuff because it's the 90s. And then you have everybody else who's dressed like they're straight out of 1954. You got the Letterman jacket, you have the sweaters, you have the high knee socks, you got braids, you got glasses, you have tape on the glass. It is like, wait, did we just merge Back to the Future with this movie? What happened here? And that was weird. We merged both Back to the
1: Future timelines in the same Venn diagram.
0: There it is. It's, It's the darkest timeline and the original timeline. And that was strange. And of course, then this is where we really start seeing how Nick is indeed a dick.
1: Nick, you be serious. You're driving.
0: can't I'm a big boy. I'm also a thirsty one. But I also like this guy. Look me in the face. I like that band. They're sharp, huh? Of course. <laughs> Going to town. <laughs> and that's the other way. They, they try to get you on board to thinking he's an asshole, is he clearly states, I like the band. And they purposely make the band as bad as they can. So, look, <laughs> Kellogg, I see through your tricks here. I see what you're trying to do. Have you ever ridden on a
1: motorcycle or on the back of one?
0: Yes, it's terrifying. I did it once years it, ago. Exactly. It's fucking terrifying.
1: I felt the same way. I held on to my friend for dear life. So my point yeah. is, I think Kathy would be more scared and less free. That <laughs> she rode on the back of that bike. Because I know she's never ridden on the bike. I don't believe for one second.
0: No, no. I, I don't think she ever did either. You know, so I, I just want to, I have to take a look and see. So I guess, I mean, maybe it's because, again, she was just a young girl and there's vanilla ice. And, you know, maybe she had a crush on him and said, this is a great opportunity for me to, you know, Hang on to Vanilla Ice on a bike. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, at least they gave her brother Tommy a helmet. That was the one thing. Helmet safety in this movie is not very good. No, but for a little boy, yes. I like the last thing they try to do is they try to pawn off Los Angeles and its suburbs as a small town. <laughs> that's that's the other thing I really like about this. So,
1: Well, I want us to talk about
0: towards the end of the movie... Well.
1: Let me ask you a question. Did you Do you feel like you can give Ice some credit for that one shot where the girl's talking to him, saying, like, be true, man. You think you we want you wondering what would happen if you did? You're too far gone already. And he just sort of has this look like, I got to do this, whether I want to or not.
0: Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I wonder if, um, <laughs> and I can't help but to think, I wonder, you know, the beautiful thing about movies is we don't see how they get put together. I mean, we, you, and you and I, we've done this, so we know how it works. But, for most people who aren't in cinema on the backside, um, it just seems like it's this magic that appears. Well, I'd be curious to know how many takes it was, and what direction he gave them, and if it was one of those where he was just saying, hey, you know what, uh, we're just going to set the camera up for a little bit, we're back, I want you to think about what, what you want for lunch. And then they walk away, <laughs> and it was just capturing vanilla ice, thinking about i want the tuna fish or do i want pizza (laughs) so but i know what you're talking about it again it got better as it went yeah but i'm not gonna sit there and say that it should have taken home any awards for for what it was though is this the movie that created this line drop that zero and get with the hero (laughs) now do you know the pop culture of the eight of that time was that was that a saying or did this movie create the saying?
1: That's a great question, man. I have to Google that one.
0: Oh, I, I thought you—I thought you would have had it on the cuff. I apologize for putting you on it's okay, the spot. Okay, Art. I don't know because
1: <laughs> I've heard it a lot, so it's possible that he may or may not have coined it. Um, if you want to give him credit, you can say yes. Or the writer, anyway. Maybe they came together, and he just—maybe he had a couple he did, and that's the one they went with. Who knows?
0: You know. Maybe, maybe. So, good times.
1: And let's talk about the, when the climax, when Vanilla Ice figured out by the banging, like, again, guys, the, the banging in the background is when he knew they were at the construction site.
0: Yeah, it was like he was suddenly, he was suddenly like the cops. He was like the cops in, in The Fugitive, where Joe Pantaleone is sitting there's like, wait a minute, that's the L train. Where's there an L train? You know? It's like, shh, that thumping sound. You hear it? Yeah. I know
1: that sound. You took me there.
0: And
1: everything will be okay. I will
0: show that do sound. You have to I know do. that sound. He suddenly puts on his Scooby-Doo hat and he, he gets into <laughs> work.
1: <laughs> and did you notice? at the end, because I was wondering, how did Vanel I suddenly know they were inside that building when they were waving the flashlights around the window? It's probably what signaled it
0: i would guess that's probably what it is they clearly don't tell us that because then we want the surprise but yeah i think that's that would make sense that's a reasonable assumption that uh they would do that i would say that that was also a very uh, reckless move because you don't know where the kid is what if the kid was sitting exactly. against that <laughs> that wall you know <laughs> this would be a totally different fucking movie <laughs> Had so A very are, different
1: ending <laughs> think about it like this there's three options the front wall or the side walls? And he just picked one, 33% chance, he'll get it right, and he just went with it. Oh, 25, yeah. 25, whatever. Whatever the, the numbers are. So, and yeah. I will
0: say, it is really funny that watching this now in slow motion, the stunt double for Jack McGee is very obvious because his wig does not match his hair at all. <laughs> He's got, like, a giant curly-haired wig, and Jack McGee's hair is slick back. Uh, so that's pretty funny.
1: And if you notice, they use the... <laughs> The same fight three times in a row with Vanel Ice. Like a punch in the face, a block, an elbow, a, pu- a backhand punch. Three times.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if if it works, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the Tweety Birds. Why not? <laughs>
1: it's like... They could have been a little more creative with that fight. Like, I'm sure he could have done a couple more moves, but they just did the same one. Like, okay, I'm going to hit him. Oh, that didn't work. Hit him again. That didn't work. Hit him again. That didn't work.
0: <laughs> oh, man. This, this... Um, I'll tell you what, this this movie was something else. I I will change my... I, I changed my mind on this. I, I am glad that I saw it because it did bring me some degree of joy because purely on the what-the-fuck spectrum. So... There's been a lot here to talk about. There's always so much more, but we uh, we only have so much time. So let me ask you the important question here, my friend. We look at this and uh, we have to figure out how subversive this film is. So it's a completely arbitrary scale. You know, it's not like we're gonna, you know, you know take this to court. But if you had to give this a subversive level between one to 10, with 10 being the most subversive type of film, one being just absolutely not at all, how subversive do you think this movie was?
1: It's It's a little bizarre, And it forced me to suspend my disbelief, but it didn't do anything that made me really get angry at it. So, therefore, I was on board from the beginning to the end. And to be honest with you, the nostalgia factor, I kind of like it for that reason. So, if you wanted to, if subversive is a good thing, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it a nice, (laughs) fat eight. I.
0: Well, I will take your suggestion and I will put it in my pocket. But I'm going to give this in terms of the subversive nature of this movie. I have to give it probably a three or four because it does go by the numbers generally. In that boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl. You know, bad guys show up, kids, kids saves the day, kid's okay. You know, everything is pretty much by the numbers. It's just, was it in a framework that is is uh, well-constructed? The a debate. Um, so in that terms, I tell you what, I will go ahead and put your eight over here, but I'm going to have to go ahead and just give this a little bit of a four. Uh, and I'll give it a four because of the music video sequences in it and the random dance breaks that make me say, what the fuck is going on with this? So, man, thank you, Ben. This has been a lot of fun. Before we go, uh, let me tell everybody first where they can see this masterpiece if they are really, really into it. And they can find it on Amazon. Amazon Prime. You can buy or rent it from $3.99 as of this recording. And uh, you can find it on VHS if you're as enterprising as Ben. And there you have it. Now, Ben, do you have anything you'd like to share with the audience uh, that, that they can know about you, find you? Was there anything you'd like to share about online presence or any projects or anything like that?
1: You're welcome to find me on the Gram, Ben Cheyenne. And Artie will probably put this in the show notes. I sure will. Will on the Gram. And... It's a nice little flick. Uh, and just a, one last thing I'll say is interesting. At the very last line of the movie, he's got her spinning over his head. And he says, and the jam is packed, but they're the only people in the whole club. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, uh, the lyrics don't quite match up.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Beginning to end, it just, it takes you on a ride and you're either only or you're not. But that's that.
0: There you are. This has been really fun. Thank you again, Ben, for bringing this to me. You know, always let me know when you find something else. And uh, there you have it, everybody. So check it out. That's Cool As Ice 1991 with none other than vanilla fucking ice. So peace out, stay cool, (laughs) and stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and leave us a rating and a review. Visit SubversiveCinemaPodcast.com for more information and to become a patron on our Patreon. Find out about bonus materials and patron-exclusive merch. Subversive Cinema.